ho, ho, and welcome to another episode of I Love This, You Should Too, a podcast with me, Samantha Hees, and him, Indy Randawa. Hello, I'm Indy. I'm your partner both on this podcast and romantically. Let me tell you some things about me. <sighs> I thought I'd just introduce myself like people do in Christmas Prince. <laughs> okay, well, Indy just ruined it, but we're talking about A Christmas Prince today, which is the 2017 Netflix romantic comedy uh, based on a journalist who goes to Aldovia and meets a prince and falls in love. Does she? Oh, I thought she's just there. <laughs> um, Indy, how are you doing in this festive time? I'm pretty pretty festive. Yeah? Actually, that's not true at all. I'm just like a ball of nerves all the time because, well, you know. The it's, world? It's this year. All of this. <laughs> yeah, she's just gesturing uh, vaguely towards everything. <laughs> but you know what? At least in times like this... We have Christmas beer and we have Christmas princes. We do. We do. What are we drinking today, Indy? Oh, we are drinking Long John's Salted Caramel Ale from Alley Cat here in Edmonton. Did you buy more of that? No, I did not. Oh, you didn't get my note? I wrote a poem in a diary and then put a note to get more in a chestnut that I put on a Christmas tree. I thought you would have gotten that. Oh. <laughs> Isn't well, that how you get messages to people that you want to make sure get fulfilled? You're just trying to make it as cryptic as possible? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You make it as hard to follow and as hard to find as possible. Yeah. How are you doing, Samantha? I'm good. I'm enjoying the Christmas cheer. I decorated a Christmas tree at work today. It was pretty good. I'm, I'm living that Christmas life. You are the first person I've met who likes to say ho, ho, ho to people. Oh, I've never heard that. I only hear, like, Santa say that. Oh. And people say Merry Christmas or Happy Christmas or something along those lines. But you like to go up to people and go, ho, ho, ho. Yeah, it's festive. It is. I'm not denying it. I kind of like it. I'm going to start doing it myself. I feel like it's less aggressive than guessing people's religion and holiday preferences. You just say ho, ho, ho. But isn't <laughs> oh. Santa a very Christmas thing? Yeah, but I'm choosing to say it. I'm not wishing them a Merry Christmas. I like it. I'm yeah. going to start responding Every... with bah humbug or bug humbar. Bug humbar. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, I think I think the festive season is setting in and I'm excited to have some excitement in this year of awfulness. <laughs> excited for excitement. Yeah. Ho, 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 everyone. Everyone. So, Wendy, what did we watch this week? For our first big Christmas movie, you got... What are you doing? I was... Making it a big Christmas movie with arm gestures. Oh, it was big Christmas movie. It was too much. I also use my legs, but you can't see that. <laughs> it was kind of a starfish motion. All right. Um, what was the question? Oh, we watched uh, a Christmas Prince because you said that you loved it, and you thought that I would. What did you think I would think of this? Um, I thought you would enjoy it. Okay. The question we ask every episode, I love this. Did you? It's a very complicated answer again. You giggled a lot during this movie. I found this to be maybe the most enjoyable movie that you've picked for me to watch. Oh, okay. May also be the worst. <laughs> I think this movie is either the second worst movie you've got me to watch Bride Wars being the worst, mm -hmm. or the second best movie you've got me to watch, Little Women being the best. Mm -hmm. 
I think I'm it's not sure best. which this is. I'm going to go with second best. Remember when I got you to watch Mac and Me? Yes. And you didn't quite get why I would enjoy such a thing. Yes. I laugh and I think Mac and Me is like a, definitely a terrible movie, but it's so much fun because of how terrible it is. Huh. I think this movie goes that far. It's so bad that I think I love it. <laughs> it's just, just terrible. Okay, but I it's heard so you say It's so enjoyably love. terrible. So I first, my question is for you. Do you enjoy it the way that I did? Yeah, it's ridiculous and it's light and it's soapy and it's just like so fluffy that it's fun. And I think that you don't have to put a lot of brain power into it. No, please don't. <laughs> you don't have to. No one else in this movie did, so you shouldn't either. <laughs> you don't have to take it seriously. It's just kind of a fun little escape into a world that uh, doesn't take itself too seriously. And I like that they hit all of those romantic comedy Christmas movie tropes and you get a lot of moments where it's very predictable. But I really enjoyed it. If anyone out there hasn't seen this, this is a movie that was, I believe, written by a computer algorithm that just took scenes <laughs> out of different Christmas movies oh, out of context and put them together into this. That's what it seems like to me. I bet they did get a bot to write this and then just like polished it up so that it all made one cohesive story. I, I don't think they had that step. What? Because most of the stuff doesn't mean anything to the rest of the movie. Each scene doesn't affect the rest of the movie for the most part. Huh, okay. I wonder, is this movie incredibly smart? Now, maybe smart's not the right word, but is this movie very aware and media savvy? I think so. Like, is this being made for a generation of people who want to watch movies, not to dissect them for any deeper meaning, not even to watch them to feel good? It's not a feel-good movie, but who want to watch something kind of ironically to laugh at and to make memes of because this seems like a movie that's meant to be joked about on the internet more than enjoyed oh 100 percent. is that intentional um i'd like to think so because it's very sad if it wasn't um but then why wouldn't they go a little bit further and make it funny oh i found it funny but unintentionally funny i don't think any of those because I, I laughed more in this than any movie you've ever picked, I would say. <laughs> yes. You were giddy. Oh, I was cackling with laughter. It's hilarious. Yes. I don't think any of those were jokes. No, they were. Can you give me an instance of a joke in this movie? Um, Not off the top of my head. Okay, throughout this, we're going to talk about this movie. I'll point out the jokes. Yes, please. I don't know if I can, but I will. I'll point out lots of things that I thought were hilarious. You tell me if any of them you think were intentional. Perfect. Let's so, do this. So, Indy, how should we talk about this movie? I know this is your pick, so feel free to guide things through. But you know that, of course, I'm going to like be mean about it at some point. That's going to happen. Yeah. So what I thought, in the name of uh, Christmas cheer, maybe we do 10 minutes off the beginning about me dissecting it and being serious. Okay. And then we finish our current beer, grab another, and then just go through like, hey, remember when this happened? <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. 
Andy, I'm ready for you to tell me how it is with a Christmas prince. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before that, like, so you know my feelings towards uh, monarchies in general. Yes. I don't see the appeal. You'd think right-wing people would hate them because they're like, hey, we believe in capitalism where you have to, like, work hard. And it's not really about working hard, but they like to tell themselves that. And you'd think left-wing people would hate them because you're like, why do we need an aristocratic class that looks down on everyone and gets all of our money but somehow everyone's still like yeah but kings and queens are real cool (laughs) so the idea of princesses and how they're shown in most of these movies they don't do anything to earn this life like a prince by being who they are has done nothing to earn that they Mm -hmm. just are literally born into it and that that's it and like it really seems how movies like like this are made and i know people are going to be like don't say anything bad about disney because i love it and i think actually disney movies are quite uh, i don't know if subversive is the right word because they're still disney but they are trying to buck that trend as much as they can with many of their princess characters but unfortunately movies targeted at 30 year old women don't try to empower nearly as much as cartoons targeted at five-year-old girls mm-hmm like, it really seems to me that a lot of these movies are meant to show that the kept life or a life of some sort of subservience, or at least a life where success without any hard work or skill is a good thing. And the best you can hope for is just falling into success based upon a man who also was just born into it. And that just seems regressive in so, so many ways. And I don't want to sit here and be like, hey, women, here's what the case is. <laughs> but like, but at the same time, it's very hard to let go of that little girl that you grew up being and wanting to be that princess in the castle with the fireworks and the pretty dresses and the tiaras. And then I think that I don't think I will ever grow out of that. And I get that because like, who doesn't want to grow up and live out their fairy tales Mm -hmm. whether it's the the princess trope or a sports hero thing and like what is fantasy football or playing video games is you trying to be that thing that you thought you could be when you were six years old and exactly but it seems weird to me that something like um the disney beauty and the beast is more progressive than (laughs) so many movies which have a huge following amongst like people in their 30s i definitely think that this is like a hold on from childhood and it's kind of comforting to sink into a movie and not think about it and enjoy a movie like this and i guess it gets rid of any sort of complexities mm-hmm. because in this world yeah there is no downside to it right no, it's very formulaic Although, is there i don't know I've, <laughs> i don't so- know what this is trying to uh put across one of the things that i found very comforting about this movie is you don't have to think about it a whole bunch my mom and i recently went um on a little girls weekend to a hotel and we watched all three of the christmas prince movies um and they were light and fluffy and we didn't have to think about it and it was very calm and not complicated or stressful and we enjoyed it do you laugh Yes. Okay. Yes. No, it was absolutely, we can... Do you cry? Have you cried in a Christmas Prince movie? No. But I think we really enjoyed the, like, frivolity of it. And I think this movie is an escape, and I think that's what's great about it. I looked over at my notes after your very heartwarming explanation. (laughs) I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds nice. And I looked over, and the first words... (laughs) 
it's an empty shell of a movie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, I, I'm still on my mean bit. Also, little quiz a little okay. bit. And then we can be silly and have fun with how fun this movie truly is. So I did write that is an empty shell of a movie. Uh, it's a movie where they take all of those tropes and formulas, but they refuse to give it that one extra thing. It's a movie that was written probably by a computer algorithm. And the song at the beginning, I think, also was. But we'll talk about I that don't later. I remember the song Because the I loved it. It was the worst. <laughs> but what does this movie say? What does this movie say about love? Like, it doesn't have any sort of message about love conquering things. Or what does this movie say about Christmas? That Christmas brings families together. Does it? Yeah. How? All the family was in the palace together. They were just literally in the same room. Yeah. It brought them together. So you mean very physically. Like, it doesn't make any sort of bond happen. No. It just puts people in the same room together. Yes. So the biggest takeaway from this movie is that a holiday can make people be in the same room together. Yes. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, it does. Continue on your hate fest. Because <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have like any message about like goodwill or charity or anything like that, like a lot of Christmas movies do, many of which are also kind of light and fluffy, but at least have some sort of semblance of a of a message. And this movie doesn't. This movie is like having a glass of rainwater for dessert it's just there that's depressing (laughs) that's such a depressing take on this movie but i'll let you continue well you wanted to get into semiotics right no no i did (laughs) not this is a lighthearted christmas movie but if we're here we're here or or the the lack thereof (laughs) like this movie is made up of several moments taken from other movies that we've seen many times but without the significance, context, or consequences? Mm-hmm. Like, I know I talk about movies a lot that are important for some reason. Like, maybe they introduced some sort of technique or trope or idea into filmmaking. Like a Christmas prince. No, we'll get there. <laughs> this is the the very opposite. Because <sighs> I always say, like, yeah, this movie might not be great, but... It set forward filmmaking because of, and all of these reasons. Right. This movie is, I guess, the exact opposite. Because this movie relies on you knowing other movies, but to virtually no end. It's based upon a bunch of other things, but without the connections or weight or meaning. They completely leave it to the viewer to determine the meaning. And they just give you things that you've seen in other movies. And you go like, oh, I know in other movies when this happens, these people have fallen in love. They don't fall in love in this movie. They just are there together and things happen from other movies. So now we go like, yep, they're in love. And same with like the big mystery part. We know that like, oh, if there's like clues, then it's going to lead to something cool. It, it That's not a part of this movie. It just relies on things that have happened in other movies but to no end at all it's very bizarre in that way you're gonna hate the next two movies (laughs) (laughs) okay the filmmakers don't make any connections or give anything any gravity Mm -hmm. it's all based upon our film watching history 
We just know that these certain things mean these certain things. This movie is all signifier, but without anything being signified. Hmm. It's kind of like an utterly meaningless movie. It's This is, I think, truly the most nihilistic movie I've ever seen. <laughs> okay. Do you have 14 more pages? Like, the puzzle and the poem and all that. Why? No reason. Just because, like, that's a cool thing that I've seen in another movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's what all of this movie is. It's just, oh, I saw this in some other movie. And it's like, yeah, but in those movies, did it make sense? And you're like, yeah, but since I've seen it somewhere else, it doesn't need to make sense here. I'm relying on the audience to know that this is a good thing in a movie. So we're just all going to put it in here. And then, like, that kind of go carries through to the characters. They don't have any showings of love or even compatibility other than the fact that we know that in this type of movie these two need to be in love this just gets more into the idea that like which i think is kind of damaging not just for women but for everyone that the only important thing that he has is the outward show of being a prince he has no real characteristics other than wealth and a title and she falls in love with him and does that just say that the money is more important than any human connection? I don't think it goes that far, but it doesn't try to, it doesn't make any attempt to negate that kind of thinking. I guess this is like all childhood wish fulfillment, right? You get to see a, a princess or someone who's not a princess become a princess or oh, absolutely. get on the way there. But Get on the way. She's on the princess path. Yeah, she's on that princess train. <laughs> the princess train i wish i was on the princess train <laughs> <laughs> but it seems like the only wish actually being fulfilled in this movie is that commoners can be looked upon favorably by royals that's like really it there's not any sort of true love that she's experiencing she doesn't really gain anything from this from anything that happens in this movie I don't think she's changed or learned. She's just like, well, a prince kissed me, so that's a good thing. It seems like what wish fulfillment should have been in a feudal state. So you're familiar with Christmas movies, right? Yes. Christmas, so, so many. Christmas movies are just stereotypical tropes. But they're even the bad ones, they're like, well, you know what? At this tough time, we all got together and I learned the real spirit of Christmas is to blank, is to uh, give money to charity, is to put my family before work, is to... There's something at the end. This one is the real meaning of Christmas is... Actually, is this a Christmas movie? Yes. Why? Because there's a Christmas prince. But the argument often with um, Die Hard, people say Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. It just takes place at Christmas. I, of course, believe it's a Christmas movie. Oh, because it's totally a Christmas movie. There's Christmas music. There's Santa hats. There's... You were that Die Hard guy. Uh, John McClane, yes. <laughs> yes. I was John McClane to a Christmas-themed Halloween party. Yes, we were. <laughs> um, and it takes place during a Christmas party. This movie has much less to do with Christmas. Like, the coronation happens on Christmas. Yeah. What else is Christmassy about it? They decorate a tree at the beginning. Okay. Um, she's missing Christmas with her dad because she has to go report on a story. So all of those things are like, the, the time is Christmas, that's correct. Yeah, but it's like snowy and fun and Christmassy. Yeah, because the time is Christmas. Yeah. But there's no typical Christmas themes in this about like togetherness or charity or goodwill towards men, all of that sort of stuff. 
No. So I think this is less of a Christmas movie than Die Hard. I'm still going to say it's a Christmas movie, but Die Hard is more Christmassy than it. That is a very uh, crazy stance to take. I don't think so. Because, like, the amount of Christmas-themed stuff in this is very low. I think this is still a Christmassy movie. I think it is as well, because I think you can just set something at Christmas and say, like, hey, it's Christmas, and put a few Christmas songs in it, and it is then a Christmas movie. Mm -hmm. I don't think this has any type of Christmas theme to it, though. Okay. Okay. That's your opinion. What is the Christmas theme in it? It's in a palace at Christmas. They make Christmas cookies. Again, I, I agree. Those things all happen. But that's what I just said, that it takes place at Christmas. Yeah. But it doesn't have any things that we typically consider Christmas theme. I still think this is a Christmas movie, though. I agree. Okay. You going to tell me how this is an empty shell of a movie again? Uh, sure, if you want. Um, I think you're thinking about this too hard. If asking what a movie believes in or what characters want is thinking about it too hard. I don't agree. There are movies where they have a point and the characters want things. I think there are movies like Christmas Prince where you can relax with a cup of rum and eggnog and just relax and not think about all of the complexities of a regular movie. And I get like, you're, what's a good romantic comedy? Or one that you like that's not this one? Bride Wars. I'm joking. You hated Bride Wars. That was kidding. <laughs> but let, let, let's say Bride Wars. Okay. To show how this movie in many ways is a worse constructed movie than Bride Wars. Oh God. Are there characters in Bride Wars that have specific wants? Yes. Even if we hate them, they have specific things they want. And it has a take on that friendship between the two characters. It says something about it. Even if we disagree, it has a point, yes? Mm -hmm. This doesn't. Yes, it does. It does not. And I think that's fine. Okay. I know, like, I'm saying how terrible this movie is, and it is. It's so, so bad. But I think it goes so far that it is an enjoyable movie to watch. Perhaps this movie is indicative of an entire generation that I clearly do not understand where things don't have to have meaning. Me saying all of those things sounds very negative, but I'm kind of a nihilist at heart anyway. So if I'm saying something has no meaning and I'm fine with life having no meaning, then this movie, therefore, is also acceptable. Hmm. Life is intrinsically meaningless, just as The Christmas Prince is intrinsically meaningless. Okay. And that's a good thing. You brought me so far down. No, that's awesome. <laughs> okay. Because when was the last time we laughed this much during a movie? Like, never. It's hilarious. You were giddy, like, the entire time. Oh, I cackled throughout it. Yeah, it's very, very funny. It's a very enjoyable movie to watch. <laughs> it is also completely empty and without any meaning or characters. Yeah, it's fluff. This movie doesn't even try to say a single thing. And I've never seen a movie like that before. Like, I think it's just things that are in a holiday movie. Like you said, it's written by a bot. Like, yeah. I think that this is a movie where they're like, people like snow. People like princesses. People like palaces. That's absolutely people what this movie is. People think that journalists should be in a movie. So here you go. I don't know if that that's a standard belief, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'll give it to you. I just... I, I enjoy this movie for all the reasons that you don't like it. No, but I like it. Okay. Let's talk about how silly and fun this movie is. Sounds good. 
So when this movie starts, what's the first thing that you liked about it? I liked that they framed her as a normal person. Which you usually don't get to see when there's a romantic comedy about a woman meeting royals. I'm just kidding. That's in all of them. Stop being <laughs> sarcastic. <laughs> Andy. Well, like, I'm going to talk about how I like it, but I'm, I'm still going to make fun of it. It's I, know. A, I know. You can't talk about this movie and not joke about it. No. So I think the fact that you get thrown into a situation that you're familiar with is comforting. And you don't have to think about how you feel about it. You just, you know, slide into it. As soon as we pressed play, I said, I hope it starts with helicopter shots of New York. And then we got it. So that made me laugh out loud. What I really loved is it has all these helicopter shots of New York. And then the last shot, when it pans up to the building where she is, Chicago. Why? I don't know. We have all that footage of New York, but let's put her in Chicago. But she's supposed to be in New York. And that Christmas song at the beginning, do you remember it? I don't. It's another one that's not a real Christmas song, but it's kind of to the tune of Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, but it's like, we're gonna have a holiday time, Christmas, Christmas, holiday time. (laughs) It's just the most generic thing that they made just for this movie, because I can't figure it out what it is. There's so many Christmas songs. You'd think I could just take any one of them. So we see Amber in her... Is that her name? Amber Moore. I did not know that. Uh, So we see her in her kind of natural habitat. We see her friends at the newspaper. We see her kind of neurotic boss. Oh, I I want to talk about each one of these. Okay. First of all, Amber. How would you describe Amber? Boring. Bad hair. She has one characteristic. It's her sneakers. Yes. That's the only thing about her. I think she wants to be a journalist, but not that much. <laughs> She's bad at it if she wants to be that. Um, the one thing when my mom and I were watching this uh, a couple weekends ago was that uh, we talked about how bad her hair was this entire movie. Like, don't they have Netflix money to kind of buy hair and makeup people? There's some other questionable styles as well, like the prince's beard at the beginning. Yeah. That looks like a bad fake glued on beard, right? It yes. must be. Oh, absolutely. I think that her hair throughout the entire series are very questionable. And it seems like she was kind of doing her own hair badly. Um, and we talked about that all weekend while we were watching all three of these movies. And it just doesn't make any sense because this is like... I guess we're used to, like, Hallmark movies where everyone has beautiful coats and hair and, you know, makeup and everything. But I guess Hallmark doesn't... Hallmark puts more money into their movies than Netflix does. Really? I I have no idea because Netflix does not release their budgets, but I would say this costs twice as much as most Hallmark movies. Maybe, but they didn't spend it on hair and makeup. True. It looks much better. The movie. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Maybe oh, the, the hair and makeup, but this definitely is a higher budget than a Hallmark movie. Because I know people who work on Hallmark movies and they're not getting paid great. No? Yeah. Netflix oh. pays much better. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, For the most part. Of okay. course, I'm sure there's exceptions. But Netflix has, this looks like it 
has a much, much higher budget than any Hallmark movie I've seen. Hmm. But I'm not a big Hallmark connoisseur like you are. We should watch some this Christmas and then we can have a comment about it in one of the episodes. She did have a lot of weird costume choices. Yes. And the costume would change from shot to shot? Yeah, there was not a lot of continuity in this movie. No. She just loved cardigans that were a little too tight in the arms with big poofy sleeves coming out underneath them. Mm -hmm. That's her thing. That's her look. They were trying to make her look professional but casual. Oh, she's relatable. Yeah. I get it. The one thing I really loved about this movie is... Since we were in a silly mood and it's a silly movie, I was allowed to talk during it. And for a movie like this, there's been no movie I think I've ever watched that I could predict as readily and with such specificity. True. Like I said, oh, in 20 minutes, he's going to save her from a wolf. And then it happened. Yes. Like that's that's. That's an odd one. And then when she walks in, I was like, oh, there's a vase on a pedestal. Why would that be there? Oh, I know why. So she can knock it over. And then we assume she's clumsy. And she'll talk about how she's clumsy. Never comes up, really. (laughs) Why is that such a thing in romantic comedies that the woman has to be clumsy? Um, I think it's supposed to show that she's like out of her element. Okay. And that she's... In a completely different world. And in a lot of those movies, the lead is being played by some gorgeous Hollywood celebrity. So when we see them knock over a vase, we're like, yeah, they're just like me as I sit on my couch and spill pizza all over my shirt. You didn't spill pizza all over your shirt. No, but when you're doing that, you can be like, yep, I could be marrying a prince too. We're the same, (laughs) me and... Jennifer Lopez or whoever is knocking over something in their movie. True. I want to see one where the man's really clumsy. You don't get to see that. No, men are always very polished and together. Unless it's like the other type of movie where it's targeted at guys and it's like there's a girl that's out of his league and he really needs to get his shit together. But that's a whole different type. Yeah, it is. And I think that that is a completely different movie than the one that we watched this time. This is a four-women movie. Yeah. One of my favorite predictions that I made was, I hope she goes to that window and looks out over it longingly. And then she did with the the princess because she said, you're looking at me because of my spina bifida, aren't you? Emily? Sure. Princess Emily. Who is an actual character. Yes. She's the only one. Yeah. She has thoughts and feelings and she gets a really good arc in the next movie. Oh, that's interesting. The first thing that really made me laugh out loud, though, was at the press conference when, like, the press liaison said, oh, he can't be here now. And then all of these reporters are, roar, no! And they're, like, shaking their jowls and going, peas and carrots, peas and carrots, rubber, 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 rubber. So many peas, so many carrots. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, that's a, a thing that they used to do in old movies when they were told to just mumble if there's a big crowd, what they would say is peas and carrots. Interesting. Um, All of the reporters were definitely just saying that, so. And anything that the guy said was, well, you have to wait a little bit. (laughs) There's lots of that, which was hilarious. And they did it like seven or eight times. Yeah. Is that a joke? Yes. 
I don't think so. I think you're giving them too much credit. No, I think it was a joke. I think I think this movie is very self-aware, and I think that they are pushing all of these classic, um, like Christmas romantic comedy things to the nth degree. And I think that is what makes it such an enjoyable movie is because it's hilarious. I disagree, but I think the end is the same because it is hilarious. <laughs> Okay, well, tell me more about your thoughts. All right, you can't see it out there, but she <laughs> sassed me real hard with that one. <laughs> Actually, I lied. The first thing that I thought was really funny was when she is in her building and she's about to get the assignment. And I said, oh, is that her black best friend? I hope she has a gay best friend, too. And then she did. But when her boss says, what's that term for that the boss brings up? That she didn't know? Interregnum. Oh, the time between two rules. Yes. <laughs> because every time there's something they think the audience won't understand, they explain it to you. Yeah. And that's hilarious. Is that a joke? I think they're trying to make it easy and accessible for the viewers. True. I think I've written... interregnum. I know a lot about monarchy yes. and royals and everything. I did not know what interregnum meant. Yeah, you have a Princess Die for Life tattoo on your belly. I do not. It's the number four. No. And life with a Y. This is a lie. <laughs> Indy is lying. Um, but they kept doing that where they would just tell the audience stuff, which is something that I've used in movies I've written as a joke because I think it's hilarious. But when she would walk into her friend whose name I forget, but she would go like, Amber, we're just junior editors here at this New York newspaper magazine. <laughs> like, that was hilarious to me. I don't think it's intentional, but it's still funny. It's funny. I enjoyed how obvious everything was, and maybe that makes me a less intelligent viewer. No, it's just, it's funny. It's funny. Funny's funny. And I enjoy how much this movie kind of fed you the feelings and the thoughts and how you were supposed to kind of interpret everything. That's what made this movie kind of more relaxing for me. Yes, I think. And that's what made this movie hilarious to me. Because if the characters themselves had any sort of arc, if the love interests had real chemistry, I might be thinking of this as a real movie instead of just like a joke to laugh at. Mm -hmm. And I think that would have taken away from the comedy. If there was actually well-written moments in it, it wouldn't mm -hmm. have been as funny. Okay. I have written also in my notes, Samantha was so angry when she found out Montenegro was a real place. <laughs> <laughs> so when we, <laughs> when we talked about the um, Netflix holiday movie universe, how do you pronounce it? Oh, the new movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we talked about Belgravia, um, Aldovia, and Montenegro. And then I told you, you know, Montenegro is a real place, right? And I said, is it? <laughs> you got upset that it was. I did. Because I the thought... world's a little less fantastic when it turns out it's real. Yeah, I want everything to be fake and lovely and story-tific. I think we were still in like the first 10 minutes of this movie, but can we talk a little bit about Now Beat magazine? <laughs> because Now Beat is my favorite magazine ever. Is it your favorite? Oh, I love it. Did you um, 
take a look at the covers that of the magazine that they had up. Pop star. One said pop singer. The other had two women on it and it said iconic sisters. No names. <laughs> no. <laughs> no idea of what's actually going to be in there. But how do you think they were able to get an exclusive with pop singer? <laughs> <laughs> lots and lots of money and lots and lots of exposure for that pop singer. Whose name I believe is pop singer. Yes. <laughs> you know, the famous act pop singer. So she gets sent to Aldovia because everyone else is too busy? Yeah. Because most print journalists are too busy to go on an all-expenses-paid trip to a beautiful country at Christmas and watch a prince's press conference. Mm -hmm. Also, it's a press conference. Why do they need a person there? Because everyone else was sending one. Yeah, but it, like the wire services would pick it up, no problem. You'd get all the same information. It's not like she had an exclusive with the prince. She didn't even know what the prince looked like. Yeah, but her boss wanted a scoop. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's just another thing that you'd see in movies. Like, get the scoop. Yeah. <laughs> so she snuck into the palace, impersonated a tutor. Yeah. Your accent. Are you... Canadian? Don't 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 answer that. Um, I assume, therefore, you are my new accountant. You shouldn't be here for another month. But uh, here, come live in my place. Uh, here's all my passwords to everything because you're an accountant, right? You don't need to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's me, Miss Samantha, the accountant. Martha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So she is assumed to be the tutor. She gets to move into the palace into this suite. And the princess immediately takes to her. How do you feel about that, Indy? I love it. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> I just think if you're going to ignore anything that could possibly make your job of making this movie difficult, because they don't do like actual motivation or anything like that. If you're going to ignore all those, I want movies to get to the point where they can ignore the part where they have to have that fake fight. Because as soon as, I think her name Sophia was introduced, yeah, I said like, oh, he's going to kiss her and she's going to see it and then she's going to take it out of context and it's going to be a big fight. Just as like, he's going to realize that she's a reporter and that's going to be an argument. Can we just skip all that? No. Why? It's not about plot or characters, right? It's just like the loose idea of romance and pretty stuff and Christmas. Why just take out all the bad stuff then? Just take it out. We don't need it. Just make it all good. Because that's how they give it substance. No, there's there's no substance to this movie. <laughs> no, if there's right. going to be substance, then make actual substance. I think if you're going to cut out all of the good things that could be in a romantic comedy, just cut out those bad parts too. I hate when every romantic comedy has to get to that point. That's why Roman Holiday is the best one ever, because it cuts out that one thing that this movie is based upon. But we'll talk about that later. Because I feel like maybe you don't remember Roman Holiday enough that I can use it as my pick. No, I don't. I don't think I do. I think it's one of the best movies. I think ever I've made. seen it like twice, but I think I was very young when I saw it. it has, it's a princess romantic comedy that I think is one of the best movies ever made. And it has Audrey Hepburn in it, who's the greatest ever. actress of all time, perhaps. Okay. We should probably do Roman Holiday. Let's just go watch it right now and skip all this. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> What did you think of the princess in the wheelchair? I feel like she's her own topic here. Well, she's the only actual character yes. in this movie. Uh, she's fun. I liked her. She's probably the only character I like, actually. I definitely think that Princess Emily is the 
only one with like an actual personality. Um, I enjoyed how she interacted with all of the characters. I think she was kind of cold to the right characters and loving to others. And I think that she is the true kind of driving force of this movie because she makes it seem, you know, okay to like these people and not okay to like these people. She's kind of the temperature of the movie. And she gives the best performance in the movie as well. Oh, for sure. For sure. What do you think of the prince? Prince Richard? Stephen Ward, Prince Richard. Ben Lamb, Prince Richard. Is that the actor's name? Yeah. His real his birth name was Stephen Ward. That's why. Oh, that's right. It was on screen, so that's the only name I could remember because <laughs> I got to read it. Um, I thought he was lukewarm. Yeah, that's what his name should have been. Didn't lukewarm. Prince Richard. <laughs> um, I don't think that he really flexed his acting muscles and was a true character in this movie. No, he's he's. <laughs> lukewarm <laughs> he's like olive garden right he's right he's there some people like it because they haven't seen anything better mm-hmm. <laughs> but i don't know if he's a terrible actor he had nothing to work with so i can't completely blame him but he definitely didn't elevate anything i liked at the beginning when he had that terrible beard he looked like tom jane when he was playing a homeless person in arrested development and then later he looked more like mike berbiglia so he's like tom berbiglia Interesting. What's something you could tell me about this prince? Um, that he doesn't want to accept his princeliness. Is that the case? Yeah, because he was out partying and sleeping in a tent. But he wasn't out partying. Like, this movie sets up this thing where, oh, he's this playboy, and then she meets him, and he goes, oh, actually, I'm not. And she goes, oh, okay. So then why even have that misdirect? Because it was in some other movie and it paid off. In this movie, they just go, that is actually not the case. Oh, I understand. (laughs) So he wasn't like a party playboy at all. I think he's not a fan of the press. I think the only thing I know about him is he's a prince. Yeah. And that's all you need to know about him. He's a Christmas prince. But not really. Yeah. He was a prince before. He's a Christmas king, really. Oh, so this movie should have been called A Christmas King. That doesn't have as good a ring, though. The Christmas King sounds like a different movie. It sounds good, though. Yeah. It's probably better than the movie that we watch. But less enjoyable. Yeah. It's more serious. One of my favorite things in this movie is that they take the time to show you computer screens people are using, but don't take any time to write what's on them. (laughs) Yeah. So her boss has a completely empty Google calendar. Which you'd think she would have some things going on, but no, nothing going on. Bosses have, from my experience, very full Google calendars. Not her. She's the editor-in-chief of... Yeah. What's it called? Nowbeat. Nowbeat. Oh my god, that's so bad. (laughs) Nowbeat magazine. Like, all of those things sound like they were jokes, but I don't think it's intentional that it's called Nowbeat magazine. Also, my very favorite was Amber's notes for the article she was writing. Did you get to see any of those? I didn't read them. So one said, the prince still reluctant. Why? All caps, three exclamation marks. <laughs> and then the next note is, have to find out, two exclamation marks. And then, I have to dig deeper. So her notes are like, do more work. Yeah. I don't know work anything. Harder. We'll find out later. I think I'm finally getting to know the real prince. 
dot 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 so not what i thought <laughs> no wonder she's a terrible reporter and is getting like all the garbage stuff because she's she can't write even her notes should have more information than that oh true 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 so I just wanted to mention that Ben Lamb, the actor who plays Prince Richard, was also in one of my previous Thing of the Weeks as um, one of the brothers to the White Queen. Oh. It's a whole thing. So he was a prince in that? He was a prince in that. No, he was a duke. Is he handsome? Yes. Are you sure? Or is it just because he's a prince? I think he's good looking. But if he were wearing like a hoodie and jeans and you saw him on the street, would you be like, whoa? No, I wouldn't be like, whoa, but I'd say that's a good looking guy. I think he's very average. I don't I don't want to sound like I'm insulting this guy based on his looks, but usually if you're not going to be a good actor and you're playing a prince, you'd at least be like very handsome. He just seemed very average. Like Mike Birbiglia. I think he's average, but I think he's, you know, well-groomed and he looks nice. Yeah, he's a prince. Except for at the beginning when he's not well-groomed. It looks terrible. <laughs> he does look terrible at the beginning of this movie. Another really lazy choice by the filmmakers was that adoption certificate. Yes. It was like a... A fake award you win in kindergarten. They didn't even take the time to put like a real gold seal on it. It was just printed. Like things like that. I don't understand how they have this palace to shoot in, the costumes they have, but they couldn't get someone else to make that properly. This is one of those instances where we both said like, I could do that better. And we could. I am an administrator and I could make that look way better than it was. It's... Not the best. Buy the 20 pack of gold seals and the stamp from Staples. There you go. Make it look better. <laughs> um, I did find that disappointing, but that's not something that I really noticed when I was watching it um, without you. What did you notice? When I was watching it without you? Sure. Um, I noticed that her hair was really bad. I noticed that it was very formulaic and predictable, but I also noticed that it made me very happy. Like in a heartwarming way? Yeah. Okay, I think that's the only real disagreement that we have on this. I think we both appreciate it for what it is, but I don't think it's heartwarming in any way. I think it is very funny. I think it's it's on par with Mac and Me. Okay. But Mac and Me is a little bit better. No! Because <laughs> Mac and Me's wheelchair-bound child actor was actually in a wheelchair. Oh, I forgot that they both had wheelchair actors. And they both have hilarious aliens. Who's the hilarious alien? I don't know. I, I couldn't pay attention to all of this movie. It, was, <laughs> it, couldn't, it couldn't hold me that well. Okay. <laughs> if she had some more races in her wheelchair, then maybe this would be better. But... Because of that, Mac and Me's a little bit. She tobogganed and survived. Did she fly off a cliff in a wheelchair? No, Mac she and Me's better. flew down a snowy hill. Also, she didn't. She gradually came to a stop and then kind of set herself out of the toboggan. <laughs> I still think it was dangerous. No, we just watched that. And it was she just kind of slowed down and fell off of it. <laughs> oh, another thing... When we're talking about all the different screens and bad props, towards the end of the movie, do you remember what Amber's blog was called? 
No, I don't. Amber's blog. Oh, <laughs> that's so basic. And on the top of the screen, it has like a quill and it says Amber's blog. <laughs> oh, at least she got the art to go with it. We should probably talk about the big twist in this movie, which is that he was an adopted prince and they have to solve a poem riddle and open up a hidden acorn to find the truth. I liked the clue in the acorn. That was that was fun. It is. Also, why? Because he died before he could give it to his wife. So if you were passing a law, why would you want to make it hidden in a poem? I don't know. I think that it was like a game that the king and queen were playing together. That's how they pass legislature in this world. No, I think this is like a gift. Like he's like, I'm going to make our son legitimate. And here's a fun game for you to find the documents. And Oh, that actually makes a little bit of sense. That's like between them, right? Like, but he died before he could actually enact his whole plan. Right. But that that's that makes sense. That's a good explanation. But if you are passing a law that ensures your family's future, maybe don't hide it in an acorn. Maybe contact your lawyer. I think he thought that he was going to be alive longer than he was. But laws should have some sort of... I think that he didn't know he was going to die. No, no, of course he didn't know he was going to die. He wanted to surprise his wife with this and then say, in the new year, I'm going to make this a law. But tell tell one person. Uh, probably. Tell your counsel, your no, lawyer, you're right. your prime minister. You could pass this along as a thing. But I don't know if acorn messages are legally binding. I don't think you should put it in an acorn. <laughs> I'm going to agree with you on that. If you want any That's of my idea. money after I die, whew, you're going to have to search. It's hidden somewhere. My will is written. But it's hidden away. All your money, you say. (laughs) And you already have the clues to find it. You just don't know. I hate this. Yeah. This sucks. (laughs) You have to look at the first letter of all of the text messages I've sent you. They spell out a riddle. But you know what? We can worry about that when I die. It's been like four years of text messages. Yeah. And then he also had the adoption certificate in a secret drawer, which... Also, like, those types of things, if you're a king, maybe keep with your lawyer. Yeah, you should have the person executoring your will to bring that with you. Yeah. He sounds like a pretty bad king. <laughs> he sounds like a king who didn't expect to die. I think we've talked about most of the main characters and how they have no characteristics. She mm-hmm. has sneakers. He's vaguely handsome. <laughs> what about her dad, who just speaks in greeting cards? Yeah, he's like, I'm from Brooklyn. Is that what he's like? Yeah, that's that's his whole character. Oh, I didn't even get that part. I thought if you'd been more of a, like a, hey, yo, one of those guys, that would have been something. I didn't even feel that. I thought he was just like, sometimes he espouses wisdom, but it doesn't actually apply to the situation. And uh, he owns a, what does he own? A diner. It seems like a coffee shop slash hot dog stand. It's what diners are. Do you remember how she has a standing order? Mm-hmm. That she gets the same thing every day, which is a latte and a hot dog. Yeah. 
mean like yeah like that's a normal dream lattes and hot dogs (laughs) yeah in new york for less than five dollars yeah that that is a dream i think a latte and a hot dog for 4.95 i think she gets the family discount it's probably 10.95 no i think they made a specific joke about how she was not going to pay put it on my tab i'm your daughter yeah, but I think he gives her, like, a fake number, and she laughs and goes, ha, ha, ha. I think it's a joke. That's a joke? I think they're wait, just making... Wait, 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 wait. I think let's, they're let's... just making it a joke together. You think that one of the jokes in this movie is that she has a standing order for a hot dog and a latte, but the joke is he charges her $5 for it, and that's a joke? Yeah. I don't think that's a joke. <laughs> if that's a joke, that is, like, a 40-step joke of someone explaining why it's funny. They're like, oh, he charges her a little less. That's a joke. I don't understand the joke. I Maybe I don't understand the humor of uh, of pricing. <laughs> I don't think you do. Okay, you explain it to me. I don't think I can. Um, because it's not a joke? No, because it's a joke, but I think you just have to get it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can describe why something's funny to you. But Amber is a bad journalist, right? Oh, 100%. She is 100% a bad journalist. She's not intuitive. She's not thinking for herself. I think if she was supposed to be a good journalist, she would have pitched this story to her boss. Instead of her boss being like, I'm sending you to Aldovia, Interregnum. Oh, the time between two rulers? Yes. Oh, okay. I think that she is bad at her job. And then an even worse tutor. Yes. Yeah, she can't do math. And I get maybe you forgot that or maybe math isn't your thing, but you could Google it instead of calling people in New York and asking them to explain it to you. But they're supposed to know. Well, he is gay and she is black and the stereotype for both. What are best friends for? Not math. But then after solving this international crisis and installing the proper king on the throne falling in love with the prince and all of that she writes like a terrible piece like we don't get to see it but from all accounts it's quite bad it's so Mm -hmm. bad that someone who firsthand was there for like this scandal a new law a coronation and is now going to conceivably be the queen of a country the magazine is like no we don't want that it's (laughs) so bad we don't even want it How bad must that piece have been? Do you think she can write sentences? Nothing she has done in this movie suggests that she can. No, I think she's slightly illiterate, but she's charming-ish. Is she? She's charming to the prince. I think she's there to the prince. And his only characteristic is being there as well. So it's a good match. I think that they are meant to be together. I think there's someone out there for everybody and these two are meant to be together because they don't really have personalities outside of their job titles. Did you have a favorite scene in this movie? The scene when they were in the cabin together. What happens there? They realize they're in love. Oh, I didn't get that. And she finds the secret adoption paper. I remember that he leaves and then she finds that like hidden compartment. Yes. I think that it was a very nice scene because they get to be by themselves without the rest of the royal family. 
Which is one of two times that that happens, I think. Yeah. You didn't love the big reveal when she comes out in her dress and this whole crowd of people who have no idea who she is all stop and go, oh my God, she's beautiful. No, because I think her hair kind of sucks. And I think that her dress didn't fit her properly. And I think Netflix needs to spend more money on tailors and hairdressers. Um, But I, I think that that was... I think it was okay done. Like, I think it was somewhat well done for a movie that is based on all of the romantic comedy tropes. Yeah, I don't get why any of those other people would have been shocked and amazed by her transformation. Because it wasn't much of a transformation. She looks the same. She's wearing a nice dress. It would have been a very nice dress if it had fit her properly. There was, like, a weird roll on her torso which told me that the dress was longer than it needed to be for her. Well, I think she just found it as well. It wasn't made for her. <laughs> like so that's pretty good. Like in a closet in the palace. Didn't the princess give it to her? Yeah. So for just being off the rack, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I expect more from my palaces. That's true. You do have a very high bar for palaces. Yeah. You should have a tailor on staff, which most palaces do. So I feel like she should have been able to have that role taken out. If they don't have security, I don't think they have (laughs) quality tailors. Okay, well, this is the one palace in the world that doesn't have security or tailors. So you think that they do fall in love? Oh, 100%. Do you think we see them fall in love? I think there are moments that lead you to believe that they fall in love. (laughs) That was the most, like... (laughs) diplomatic roundabout answer of like no this movie's great there were some moments that led me to believe they may have fallen in love yeah because my political answer yeah they they kissed that happened yeah but and he turns around and looks at her as she comes down the stairs if everyone married the person they looked at longingly once and kissed once and had two meaningful conversations with the world would be very different. It would be very different. We wouldn't be together. Because we would already be married, both of us. So what's the most unbelievable part about when he comes to propose to her? Or you can tell me which one of these three is most unbelievable. I'm ready. The streets of New York at the stroke of midnight on New Year's Eve are completely empty and quiet. Mm-hmm. That this prince who apparently is... Jet Set goes around the world, meets all sorts of people, has fallen in love with this woman because they talked twice. Mm-hmm. Or that she has a ring which is probably radioactive because of the way it glows. I'm going to go with number three. I think it's an Energon cube from Transformers. I thought it was um, an Avengers. Oh, the Tesseract. Yeah, that yeah. was my next I guess. I think it was a Tesseract. Yeah, I think that might be an Infinity Stone on that ring. I think so. And oh, shit. That's I... exciting. See, now I'm excited for the sequel. I'd say yes to that. Which stone is it? So does are, she start- Are you going to get me a Tesseract stone? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's too much power for one person to have. But I want all If the there's power. one thing we've learned <laughs> from the Avengers movies, and there is only the one thing, I think. It's too much power for one person to have. I think I could handle it. I don't know that you could. I don't think Amber could. Amber could. You think she's going to be fine with the Infinity Gauntlet? I think she doesn't know what to do with it. 
<laughs> I, I think she could have all the infinity in the world and not actually know what to do with it. Because she doesn't seem that intelligent. She doesn't seem that anything, though. No. She doesn't seem stupid. No, she's just neutral. Yeah, everyone in this movie she's is neutral. Switzerland. <laughs> is that where this was shot? No. That'd probably be too expensive. It was probably shot in a really nice part of a country further east, like Romania or Hungary. Yes, it's Romania. So do you think their climactic kiss and when he convinces her to marry him, that was all pretty good? I thought it was great. Should we reenact it? I have the entire script (laughs) of convincing someone who's essentially a stranger to marry you right here. Perfect. Let's do it. Do you want to be Amber or Richard? I'll be Amber. You can be Richard. But my whole life is in New York. You can come back as much as you want. But my career, I'm not ready to- I don't want to make you give up anything, Amber. I can never leave my father. I can give him his own wing at the palace. Or I can buy him his own diner in Aldovia. Or we could just pick this one up and move it. How do you pick up a diner that's attached to well, a building? Well, now they're in love. Oh, right. Anything's possible. I'm I'm in love with you more now that See, we've there you read go. that. That's all you need. You I'm, just need to say like, yeah, you know what? It's cool. And then she's like, all right, let's get married. <laughs> Not anything about the person, but just like, can I still go to the diner? I can? Yeah, okay, I'll marry you then. Perfect. I think that's true love. I think you just demonstrated true love to me. Yeah, just not knowing anything about a person, but, you know, just giving it a shot. Why not? As long as they're handsome and rich. Why not? I like that script reading. (laughs) I feel like I did a good Amber. Oh, I didn't even try to do him. You should do it in the accent. I should have been more British, even though... Yeah, why does everyone Aldovia sound British? Um, Because they're royal. And all royals are British. Oh, right. That's what we learned from all of the British TV shows you've been watching, when in fact, none of those people had British accents in real life. So the people in this movie exist in the same world as the people from Princess Switch, yes? Yes. Who's the princess in Princess Switch? Vanessa Hutchins. And she's also in the- Holiday Night. Holiday Night. That's what it's called? Yes. Should be called the night before Christmas. They ruined. They really it missed might, an opportunity. It there. might be called the night before Christmas. I might just be. Uh, okay, but the the night which has like a time traveling night. It is called the night before Christmas. Okay. Yes, it has a time traveling night. I'm very excited to watch that. It's going to be terrible, and I'm going to love it. So the Christmas Prince people know the people from Princess Switch, and then the Prince and Princess from Princess Switch go. Invite the people from a Christmas prince to their wedding. Okay, so that's the same world. Holiday night, as I will now call it, that's the same world too because it's the same person? No. So the night before Christmas, a Christmas prince, the original, appears or is mentioned in the night before Christmas. As a movie or the character? Um, Aldovia is mentioned. Okay. Oh, here, here's my pitch for the Princess Switch 2. Three. There's already two? Yeah. Oh, shit. Switched again. Oh, yeah, you told me that. <laughs> okay, well, then you tell me if this already happened. Okay. Vanessa Hutchinson. Hudgens. Vanessa Hudgens <laughs> from Christmas Night. 
Yeah. Turns out she's the triplet. She's the third of those Christmas princess switchers. No. But, okay, well, then this is my pitch for part three. Okay. So that brings those two worlds together. Oh. Right, because she can be the same character, but she's just like the third one now. Right. Because why not throw a third person that looks exactly the same? Okay. That introduces time travel and triplets, mm -hmm. and then they're in the same princess switch Christmas prince world. Right. But these worlds couldn't possibly be the same because in sometimes the movies are a movie and sometimes they're real people. Right. So Christmas Prince is in fact a documentary in their world. Yikes. Or I think the Netflix holiday movie universe proposes some sort of infinite multiverse theory and that all choices you make just branch out into different universes. Is this where so the Infinity Stones come in? They could. Oh, <laughs> oh, they could. <laughs> so we know time travel is already a thing, mm -hmm. right? So their version, version of time travel is just jumping between these universes. It's not really that you're going through time, but you're going through into a different universe where there was a slightly different outcome because of something you did. Because this is an infinite multiverse situation and time essentially has no meaning time is a flat circle everybody drink andy just said time is a flat circle <laughs> i don't even know how to like respond to that um the only thing that i can do is say that last year's christmas movie that i brought you holiday in the wild is on a tv in the night before christmas aldovia which is from the Christmas Prince movies, is mentioned in The Night Before Christmas. And Princess Switch is referenced, the Kingdom of Belgravia is referenced in the third installment of The Christmas Prince. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Sorry, this is a lot for me. The night version of Vanessa Hudgens, yeah. that's her name, is aware of Eldovia and Belgravia? It just Eldovia. Okay, but Aldovia and Belgravia exist in the same world, as is established in yes. Princess Switch 2. Three. Three. No, there's not three of them. You told me there's only two. Oh, sorry. Christmas. <laughs> Either way, it's there established. Are, yes, yes. So therefore, the night ver version of Vanessa Hudgens must be aware of a princess who looks exactly like her. I don't think she is. How could she not? If you, if there was a princess of, even if it was a country you don't know too much about, like maybe the princess of Norway looked identical to you, it probably would have come to your attention by this point. It's holiday movie magic, Andy. You know what? She's not going to discover she's the third one. She knew all along because she's actively ignoring it. You can't just see a royal and be was like- Was she dead the whole time? That's very interesting. But I was going to go <laughs> that she was part of that family and has chosen to leave. Oh, and then marry a prehistoric prince. Yeah, so she's the rightful heir to the Belgravian crown. And then this night, I haven't seen any of these movies, but I'm theorizing <laughs> so a lot. So she's not the heir to the Belgravian crown. The prince is that the Duchess of Montenegro is going to marry, who is Vanessa Hedges. Wait, Montenegro? See, when they're mixing real places, then it's confusing. <laughs> it is very confusing, which is why I didn't think Montenegro was real, because <laughs> I was like, they're two very unreal places. Even though we have a neighborhood in the city we live in called Belgravia. Yeah. Um 
I just think that there are too many things and it's all fake. <laughs> In Princess Witch 2, that already exists. Yes. Does a third princess come into play? Um, third uh, doppelganger, that is. Yes. See, it should have been her from The Knight's Tale. No, not Knight's Tale. Night Before Christmas. No, it's the bad cousin. The naughty cousin. Oh, that's fun. She's bleach blonde. Oh, that's And she's fun. got tattoos. Oh, okay. Huh. It would have been more fun if it was that character. Maybe there's a fourth. So that will be in part three. Next Christmas. She comes in and it turns out she was the, the real princess. And this other one is the imposter. So it's like it twists everything up. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. And then we get Vanessa Hutchinson being... Hudgens. Vanessa Hutchins. <laughs> we get Vanessa Fudgems. Oh, my God. Which is my favorite kind of cookie, a fudgem. We get Vanessa Fudgems pulling a real, like, Nick Cage in adaptation and playing against herself. And But one is, like, a really dark take, and she'll be nominated for both Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress in the same movie. <laughs> oh, Oh, that'll be... Is she good? I've never actually seen this person in anything. I think she does a pretty good job. She does a better job than uh, Miss Martha. Oh, well, that's, that's not tough. No, she because she's an actual actress. <laughs> I think, though, what we can agree on is that the Netflix holiday movie universe is definitely an infinite multiverse theorem. Now, I'm not sure if these are parallel worlds with slight differentiation or if they're completely different or if it's just their explanation of time branching into an infinite set of universes that we'll have to see next year when the next princess switch movie comes out yeah i hope they address the multiverse theory in that one i think that's what it's about i think so isn't it princess switch 3 enter the multiverse i think so okay i think so um and then a holiday in the wild 2 will come out and we'll figure out where vanessa hudgens fits in that whole thing oh i hope they do a spider verse thing when we get to see like a different version of each person yeah. like prince what's this guy's name richard prince richard exists in many different forms but they're not just him with different choices but rather it almost indicates some sort of fatalism like with spider-man enter mm -hmm. the spider-verse where that world needs a spider-man and it's going to come about in all sorts of different ways hmm. perhaps all worlds need a prince richard very bland man to be kind of nice and vaguely handsome and it'll exist in all sorts of different I ways i think we all need that to be kind of nice and vaguely handsome so netflix holiday movie universe is the the exciting driving force and i can't wait to see what they come out with next year because it's gonna be i very... hope they get real weird with it oh i hope i hope that they take all of the predictions that we've come up with because we can't be the only ones making this kind of prediction no i'm sure physicists around the world are like <laughs> saying what does this mean because these universes don't exist as seamlessly as a lot of the other ones right because sometimes it's fiction sometimes it's reality it poses a lot of interesting questions that I hope we get some resolution on. I hope next year at Christmas we will be telling you how it all makes sense. All right. So let's let's go back to our movie. What, uh, movie? what movie was that? <laughs> a Christmas Prince. That's the only one I've seen. I feel like I know the, these other ones now already. Uh, a Christmas Prince. What would have been a better ending for you? Um, If they had gotten married. 
Okay, like that makes could sense. Have packed a little bit more action into this movie. I think you go all the way to marriage or don't do the proposal. Right. Just like do a big kiss. Yeah. Because like the proposal seems very quick. Yeah. And she doesn't she doesn't have to think about the immense amount of stuff that she's taking on, right? Like she's just a normal girl from Brooklyn who all of a sudden is gonna become a princess and she doesn't even stop to think about it. She's yeah. like, Yeah, sure, I'll become a princess. Great. <laughs> And I think that that requires more thought. I think he should have accepted the crown and the coronation and says, as my first royal decree, I am going to abolish the rule that says this can only continue through the male bloodline. And I now abdicate the throne to my sister, Princess Emily. Mm-hmm. And then she's the new queen. Because he doesn't want that, and I think. And she's the new Christmas prince. Who is? Emily. No, she's the Christmas queen. Yeah, and then she blandly meets a journalist, a male journalist. No, no, she's above all of this. Oh, is she? I think so. She's going to be better than this. Because she's the only one that's an actual character, so I think she's above all this. And then he can go, this is a better sequel. I haven't seen the sequel, but I think it'd be a better sequel that he goes and tries to live a normal life in New York with her. Oh. That would be more fun to watch, I think. Good. I like those ones better. I love stories of royals doing normal things, like coming to America. Now, like that's a good movie. Prince Harry. How normal is his life? He lives in a private home. So he's just, just a millionaire with an entourage of security living in a private home. Yeah. We have different ideas of normal. <laughs> have you seen Coming to America? No. It's very good. I think I he know. might not like Is it. Is that a movie? Yes, it's a movie. Okay. It's about a uh, prince who wants to be experience a normal life. So he comes to America and lives in New York and meets like a regular person and won't tell anyone he's a prince. Hmm. It's very funny. It's very good. But yeah, I think he should abdicate in favor of Emily. I was going to ask, what's your theory for a sequel? But you've seen the sequels. <laughs> yeah, recently. Okay, I'll suggest what I think the sequel okay, will be. Tell me what your sequel, because there's two sequels. Uh-huh. I'm just so, going to do one. I can't see that far ahead. Okay, tell me what the first one is. So I've been pretty accurate at guessing how things are going to work thus far. So here's what I think the second one's going to be. So we have Prince Richard, and he's trying his best to be the king that his father was. But secretly, Emily is bitter. And her rage is just increasing all the time. So then she gets involved with some, I'm going to say witches. She uses some sort of sorcery and she's going to try to claim power. And I just want to see a climactic showdown where she's in a full suit of armor, but still with her crutches, but they're like weaponized crutches now. And she's trying to take the crown for herself because she's been looked over and she's more deserving. Is that accurate? No. Okay, then it's probably about how... Amber is trying to do some sort of journalist stuff, but not really all that much. She's probably just still doing her blog. He has is doing a much better job of being a king, but there is some sort of crisis in the kingdom, uh, but nothing like severe where like people are dying, nothing like that, because that'd be too much. And through some sort of investigation, her journalistic skills help out his situation, and then they get married. But I like my first one better. I wish it was the first one. It's closer to the second one. Yeah, all right. That's fair. Um, Because it's called Royal Wedding. Right. I did know that. I'd heard that. 
Um, do you know the third but one? But it should be a royal red wedding. And the sister comes and kills everyone at the wedding. No. That'd be good. No. I'd watch that. That's that's not what happens. Remember, this is a holiday movie universe, not a Game of Thrones movie universe. A man can dream, though. A man can dream. <laughs> so we watched it. We've talked about it. Do you still love it? Yeah, I I loved watching this movie. It's not a good movie. It's so, so bad that it is very enjoyable. So I definitely recommend it. Have fun. You're going to have a lot of laughs. I think in a roundabout way, this movie is doing a better job than I do at explaining why nihilism is not a bad thing. Because when I tell people like, no, I believe that life is intrinsically meaningless, People say like, oh, that's so sad. But nothingness is not negativity. It is the lack of both positivity and negativity. (laughs) It's it's (laughs) non-essentialism. And I I started getting into the idea of non-essentialism, and I think that's what I believe. But this movie is that. This movie is is the most nihilistic movie I've seen. And you'd think those like dark movies where everyone dies, that's nihilism. No, this is nihilism. Things don't have to be bad to be nihilistic. They have to be devoid of any sort of meaning hmm. and that's what this movie is and it's hilarious that was way too much for me to think about in relation to christmas prince <laughs> but i'm glad that you loved it it's so fun it's so stupid i love it it's like watching a puppy fall down the stairs we're like oh i shouldn't laugh at it it's so dumb but you know it's funny so i'm changing the magic I love the Sushi 2 box to yup. Yup. Because Indy loved my Christmas pick and I am very happy about it. And I understand that we have kind of differing opinions on it, but I think that he enjoyed watching it and I'm very happy about that. I think we have very similar opinions. Mine is perhaps more extreme. We both think that it's a movie <laughs> you don't think anything about and is fun to watch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. High five. Uh, high high five. I use American terms all the time, but I've never heard of a high five. Just like Princess Emily, she didn't know what a high five was. Now we're just kind of wiping hands. <laughs> um, so if you loved Christmas Prince, please let us know your thoughts. If you hated Christmas Prince, please let us know your thoughts. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at ILTYS and the number two. You can email us your long form answers at I love this, you should, and the number two at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook and discuss with everyone else of what your thoughts are at I love this, you should too, dash podcast. And we will see you next week when Indy tells me what we are watching for his Christmas pick. Yeah, we'll have some more brief Christmas picks of the week and then I'll reveal my big movie. I think I am going to go quite far away from the Christmas Prince. That's well, just a little little spoiler. That's the difference between us. <laughs> The Christmas Prince. Yeah. But now it's one of my favorites. I'm so excited for you to watch the next one. It's going to be so good. Christmas Prince 2? The Royal. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> no. Royal Wedding. Okay. Next year? Sure. I hope there's time travel in it. <laughs> there's not. And uh, enjoy your festive season. Have a glass of wine and relax because you deserve it. Bye. Bye, everyone. Ho, ho, ho. Is that how ho, you do it? Ho, ho, ho. There it is. 
nobody was talking to you. 